I will tell you, <laughs> I did this one time. I went to Puerto Vallarta with my son and my husband, and there was this guy who, every time I had seen him near the beach, he was always snoring, and he looked so tired. So I turned to him and I said, is this normally how you sleep? Do you always snore? And I told his wife this, because she seemed really friendly. She's like, yes. And I just looked at her and I said, listen, my husband's right here. He doesn't want to say anything, but he's a really great sleep <laughs> sleep yeah. doctor. Please, if you're ever in LA, let us help you. And he's like, we're from LA. I'm like, perfect. So <laughs> my husband called me from like their appointment. He's like, look who's here. And I looked and we FaceTime. I'm like, I'm so happy you're here. And you know, I think they did a sleep study and they're getting him treated. And Episode 91, I go remote. I go to a dentist office, Dr. Nora Zaghi. Her and her husband are making differences in children's lives, adult lives. We all think we breathe properly, but more times than not, we're not. She did an evaluation on me. That's all going to be seen on YouTube, not produced yet. It will in a couple weeks. I'll put that on my social media at Mike Up Pod. But most importantly... She talks about things that children are born with and a lot of adults still have today. And it has to do with the tongue tie that help us sleep better, help us grow, help children's brains develop. Also, uh, mother, I had no idea about this. Um, mothers, when they're breastfeeding, the pain that causes um, from the child. Amazing stories. They're amazing. Um, probably going to go back and get evaluated by the husband who does adult evaluations. Would love to sit down with him as well, as this guy's been the pioneer to all of this. He's taught hundreds of doctors around the world. There are people around the world that come and see them at their clinic on the west side of town in Los Angeles. So in the show notes are all the links that you would need if you want to contact them and all their social media. Episode 91 with Dr. Nora Zaghi. Here we go. Dr. Nora, how much do you dislike that? First time we talked, I'm like, Dr. Nora. You're like, no, no, please, please. Please don't call me that. Yeah, I, I prefer Nora, but happy to be called Dr. Nora. I, I prefer first name, though, rather than last name, if you ever to address me. You know the best part about being a doctor in MD is? Tell me. You get to make a reservation. You'd be like, Dr. Nora, your table's ready. <laughs> Is that not the that best before. part? Oh, you have to do it. I have never done that. Just do it one time. I'll try it. <laughs> and they'll get you like to the top of the list too sometimes. Oh, interesting. I've never tried it before. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, you and your husband are doing some special, special things. Yeah. And we were just talking pre-show about a certain book that came out. I didn't know about this book. It's mm -hmm. called Breath. Yes, Breath by James Nestor. Yeah. Can you take us kind of through that book? So this is a book that's been released, I would say, in the last few years mm -hmm. about the journey of a man called James Nestor. And he's a journalist and writer. And I believe I, th I believe that's his occupation. But he had found that he has some breathing issues and sleep issues. And what he did is he went deep down a rabbit hole of understanding as to why he might have these issues and why certain people have these issues and how nasal breathing can be most optimal, should be most optimal for all people, but a lot of people mouth breathe and the reasons as to why these people mouth breathe and how it affects our whole bodies. Since that book's been released, it's been a New York Times bestseller and I feel like a lot of people are learning more about their health, their breathing and their sleep and what they can do to optimize those things. 
What drives me the most crazy is when people don't have an open mind to hacks, to edges. And I'm talking about certain things that will make you breathe better, will help you sleep better, will you'll age slower, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. like, I'm always up for those things. And this is one of the most important topics. I was really fired up about this because it's so your our breath is so damn important Mm -hmm. and i know we've got a video edition of it you kind of take me down and you give me some bad news (laughs) but it's important it's vital like it's vital and we were just talking about you doing it to your own child who was i think two days old right yeah so i'm I'm a pediatric dentist um i consider myself a functional and airway focused pediatric dentist and for me it's i'm really passionate about the children and this is because we can do so much to prevent a lifetime of patients being unhealthy. If we can treat and diagnose and notice those red flags early on in life. So when I was, my son was born, you know, I've been doing this for, for quite a few years and my husband too, my husband has also been doing this for so many years and he's written articles and done research and X, Y, and Z. And I, it didn't occur to me that my own son would potentially have this problem. So I had my labor delivered and I was like, yay, it was so exciting. And I really wanted to breastfeed. I was just so excited to have that connection and have that experience. So I placed the baby on the breast and lo and behold, he latched. I was like, yes, he latched. Amazing. Because that can be the hardest part for a lot of moms. Babies don't latch. So he latched. I'm like, great. And then I was this excruciating pain. It was the, for me, that pain was actually worse than labor. Mm. And I was wow. so, con- and I, I waited quite a bit to get medicated for my labor. So I was so surprised by it. And I remember having these like cramps and these, this feeling in my body and the feeling in my breasts. And I'm like, why is this happening? And then I looked underneath his tongue and I saw it, there was something called a tongue tie and it was restricted. And there were people there saying, no, it's not a tongue tie. And me and my husband looked at each other. We're like, it's absolutely a tongue tie. I, we went to this office right after I was discharged from the hospital and we treated it. I had um, had been working, I had worked with the lactation consultant in the, in the hospital, uh, had somebody on the phone, that somebody that I know that's very close to me that I trust that I was working with. And then I also did something called craniosacral therapy to help relax the child's body because anytime a child has a restriction in the tongue, it can also affect their whole body and it can affect their nervous system. So working with the baby with a craniosacral therapist, an osteopath, or chiropractor can really be helpful in down-regulating that, the sympathetic nervous system, but also to help with loosening the fascia so that the baby can get more prepared for the release. So we were able to do a session of craniosacral therapy before, and then we worked with him with the craniosacral therapist after. But right after the release was done, all that, the the pain went away. It was, Breastfeeding was so much easier. It was unbelievable. And I had done this for parents before and I'd seen this from other parents and other practitioners and other providers and so on. And I had seen this, but I never had experienced it myself and I gave it a whole new meaning because there's so much that we can do early to preserve that mother-baby dyad so that we can influence their health and airway journey, but also help influence their ability to have a great breastfeeding experience. What makes it so painful? Um, so good question. So the t- that 
tongue tie. It's a, we all have frenulums underneath our tongue, but sometimes our frenulums might be tight. It could be under the lip. It could be under our tongue. We have some in our cheeks too. And these, if they're tight or restricted, what it can do is it can cause the child not being able to pull the breast in efficiently, have a deeper latch, it could be more shallow. And then also what happens is that you're not adequately able to effectively drain the breast for some so many reasons. So it's just important for us to acknowledge these th- this early, see the red flags and treat when needed in the, in the suggested manner by the provider. And earlier the better, right? I think if you're noticing these issues and that you're having you're having dysfunction and you're having these restrictions, it's important for us to acknowledge the child and determine if a release is indicated right away. A lot of times with these babies, these newborns, they're trying to establish breastfeeding. So sometimes earlier more than later is important. But for a lot of times when children are a little bit older, let's say one, two, and older than that, childhood, teens, elderly, adults, We do something called myofunctional therapy or oral motor therapy when they're a little bit younger to help prepare the child so that the muscles of the tongue, the lips, and the jaws are adequately prepared for that release. It's kind of like physical therapy. Like when, you know, heaven forbid you have a broken bone, you need to do physical therapy or rehabilitation. So that's the same kind of uh, thought process to make sure that the release is most successful. How'd you meet your husband? Oh, my husband. So good question. It's a really long story, <laughs> but I've known him for many years. I met him when I was at UCLA and he was an ENT resident or something like that. Uh, we were friends. And then I went off to my own, my own, I went off on my own journey to dental school, then residency. And what happened was, is actually, it's really interesting. My, I would say professor, my mentor, she, we were getting a lot of referrals from people in the area that needed to have teeth pulled out. And we were just told like, Dr. Nora, please extract tooth number 12 and tooth number four or something like that. And I would say, okay, do I, I need to re- extract it. But you always usually go through this with bef- before with an attending. And I would show it to my attending, my mentor, and she would say, Dr. Nora, do not put your hands on those forceps. Forceps are what you use to extract teeth. She said, it takes up to five years after the age of maturity for the child to tell you X, Y, and Z. They had consequences from the extractions. And she said that it's going to cause airway issues or sleep and breathing issues if you extract these teeth. Keep in mind, I'm like a resident. I have just had dental school training, very little real life training, real life experience. And why would taking out teeth affect someone's sleep? Hmm. Why would it affect someone's breathing? Why would it affect someone's airway? And why in the first place do some people have small jaws? Why is it that some people have beautiful jaws like you, Mike, very wide, 42 millimeters, you should be very proud. And then some people have very small jaws, like 28 millimeters in a molar width. Like, what is the reason behind that? And because orthodontists and oral surgeons, they're thinking, well, we need teeth to look good. So if there's not enough space in the mouth, let's just make more, let's just take out teeth so the teeth just get aligned so people could look prettier. Meanwhile, what we're not acknowledging is that when we do take out teeth, the child or adult becomes at risk for sleep apnea and sleep disordered breathing. And the reason is, is that our airway, which is where we funnel our air from our nasal passages to our diaphragm, is comprised 
of three pharyngeal walls, tonsils, and something that sits behind our nose, which is called the adenoids. And if we make our jaws smaller, inherently what we can do is narrow that airway. And when those when that airway gets smaller, it's like breathing through a straw versus breathing regular room air without a straw. It's so much harder to breathe through a straw. So now we see a lot of patients that are in adulthood coming to Dr. Srusagi or Dr. Kevin Copelson, our oral surgeon, or other affiliates and providers and collaborators that we work with that have had teeth taken out when they were young, and it's no doctor's fault. Nobody teaches this in school. I don't think there are really many dentists, if any, that say, I remove teeth and I don't care if a person has sleep disorder breathing or sleep apnea after. I think most of us go into health to be good health providers. We wanna be good doctors. We want our patients to get better. We wanna heal. That's what we inherently are as doctors. Meanwhile, we're not taught a lot of these finesse details and it really takes specialized learning, additional learning through sleep breathing training. Dr. Suruzaki is a sleep and breathing expert. And basically what happened was, and I just went down that rabbit hole, I wanted to understand why people's jaws were small, why people had these allergy shiners, why they had ADHD-like symptoms, why these kids had such small mouths and also had these symptoms, and why some kids didn't. And they were just healthy, mm-hmm. no decay, great wide jaws, barely needing alignment totally. And I started learning about myofunctional therapy, how to get space, expansion, and what we can do to get that jaw wide. And what I learned is that the tongue being up on the roof of the mouth is the most ideal position and that that form, the tongue being up, follows function. So how we function and how thing, so how our teeth are formed is essentially where our, our jaws, tongues are placed and function. So if our tongue remains low, for whatever reason, due to a tongue tie or low tongue tone or nasal blockages, because of nasal issues. What happens is the tongue remains low, teeth don't form in that wide, beautiful arch that we want them to, and then what happens is is that people go on in life, potentially have sleep and breathing issues, get teeth extracted, and things get worse. Mm -hmm. So like you said earlier, it's important for us to acknowledge these things early, and what happened was is I came in, back to how I met my husband, is I came in on a weekend from residency, and I went to a party, and I had saw Dr. Zoggy. I'm like, oh, great. I know one person at this party. And I started talking to him. And then he told me he's an ENT and sleep surgeon. And I said, oh, that's really cool because I'm learning about sleep and breathing and myofunctional therapy. And I think it's really important for you as an ENT to know about myofunctional therapy. And he looked at me. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm all about myofunctional therapy. I work with a myofunctional therapy team. I wrote articles on this, 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 and that. And I looked at him, I'm like, okay. I thought he was kidding because it's like very rare for a physician to have such um, such a deep background in it's these things. It's called love at first sight right there. <laughs> Not, well, that week I was going to a conference and a, a, about these things that I'm talking about right now, specifically myofunctional therapy and, and how to expand and X, Y, and Z and what we can do. And what happened was they brought his name up and they put a picture of him and they showed his articles. And I'm like, wow, this guy wasn't lying. <laughs> wow. And I turned to my friends and I texted them. I'm like, gosh, I just saw this guy over the weekend and he had asked me out and I had said no. 
I just wasn't, I was, my head was in other things because I was in school and then I texted him and basically what happened was is that, I don't know if you remember, but there was a time in LA where there was a lot of fires. You remember like on Skirball and it was like a, so the office, this office was, was closed down for that reason. So he went south. So I got really lucky that he was just staying at a hotel south. He came to the conference and he like talked because they had invited him to talk at that conference. And he just popped in, did some Q&A, and then we went on our first date after. Got it. And yeah. And was it after that? What year was that? Uh, gosh, 2015. Okay, so did this office then open in 2015? It's been open for a little while longer, I believe. Okay, now how did he start? How did he get into all of this? Oh, cool. So he was, he went into ENT, and then he got really interested in sleep. And then when he went to his sleep surgery fellowship um, at Stanford, there is the father of sleep apnea. His name is Dr. Christian Guillemino. And he looked at him and he said, you know, you're a resident, you're a fellow, and I really want you to dive deep. They were doing research together, learning. I want you to dive deep in the children. He's like, if you want to cure sleep apnea in a person, look at the children. What can we do? And then he started talking about tongue ties. And he started saying that, like, listen, when patients, when a person's tongue is up, they're able to nasal breathe. If their tongue is down due to that restriction, it can cause mouth breathing, which can lead to a spectrum of sleep disorder breathing because the disorder breathing is a spectrum. So mouth breathing leads to noisy breathing, leads to URS, which leads to upper airway resistance syndrome, which leads to sleep apnea. So if you can catch this early and you're noticing open mouth posture, mouth breathing, very early on in life, you can potentially cure a patient from having sleep apnea. So Dr. Zoggy listened and Dr. Christian Gimiano has since then passed the last article or research paper that Dr. Christian Gimiano published was with Dr. Suzagi and it was on this very topic. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So which is very powerful in the world of sleep and breathing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys are getting people from all over the world coming in here and seeing your husband mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah i know you don't want to talk about that yeah that's, that's a really big deal <laughs> yeah i mean i think that parents people when you know something is wrong with your child or with yourself and you become gaslighted by the medical community not because they want to gaslight you but because they don't know how to help you and you see that there's something physically wrong, people will go to whatever lengths to find the right person to help them. Um, And I'm very lucky. I have wonderful families, beautiful families from all over, and I love all of them. I know all of them so well, and it brings me to tears because I feel so grateful. I saw one child today, and this little girl is unbelievably amazing. Mom said from birth, from birth, she never had normal breathing. When she came into my office, she was labored breathing. Imagine a four or five-year-old child like this. <sighs> That's what she sounded like. And I told mom, I'm like, is something wrong? Why is she? This is normal for her. She's always breathe, breathing that way. Since birth, she never had quiet breathing. She had grinding, snoring, sleep apnea, sleep disorder breathing. Underneath her eyes, they had allergy shiners. You could just tell she was chronically sick from all of these issues that she's having. I looked into her mouth and she had huge tonsils, 
great they were stuck pretty much stuck together and she had enlarged adenoids which is something that sits behind your nose that i can't see i would need to see via cbct which is a comb beam ct x-ray which is specialized x-ray or i need to do a scope and i'm not uh, able to do that it would need to be from an ent and sleep surgeon and her turbinates which is something that is inside of our nose were really really large and she but she didn't actually have a tongue tie those were the other issues she was having. Mm. She needed to, and she had a, but she had a very small jaw. So what we did is we had tonsils and adenoids removed. And I just saw her today. It's been three months, and she is completely cured of all these problems. Wow! It's mind blowing how this child's life has turned around in just a few months. It gives you chills, and it gives you a better meaning of like best best feeling in the world because i know that we were able to catch this so early that this child is not going to have sleep disordered breathing i'm not going to have sleep apnea when they're older chronic fatigue hyperactivity potentially so many growth growth hormone being stunted so many things that can happen if these things go uncatched and usually it's oh well they were born that way they'll adapt it's they'll normal. figure it out it's yeah. no- normalization of things yeah but it's not normal yeah agree Man, to change lives like that and to make a difference in a little girl's life. So rewarding. I'm just lucky that and grateful that people trust me when their kids care. That is, uh, that's amazing. When COVID hit, a lot of the times parents were kind of blaming COVID for children's brain not developing because they weren't around kids or they weren't in school. They were on their iPads all day. How much of that is due to COVID or is it maybe a a tongue tie issue? That's a really good question. And I feel like a lot of times things are coming up and just questions online and et cetera. Like, why is there all of a sudden a lot of tongue ties? And I'm not sure if there's been an increased tongue tie, increased influxation of tongue tie, or if it's just been more understood, well understood by a lot of practitioners. But I have seen a lot of children get impacted or their or their speech having their speech and language impacted by funk like restriction of their tongue or lip and i think that it absolutely can impact the child meanwhile with covid socialization was a big part of it i think that a lot of the patients that had tongue ties got brushed under the rug unfortunately and they weren't acknowledged the parents weren't acknowledged because they were just like oh give it time you know three is still okay or four is still okay for a lot of those speech sounds meanwhile it's not necessarily true restrictions can play a role and i think it's just important to get evaluated Mm -hmm. by somebody that knows how to evaluate this Mm -hmm. Um, not every practitioner there's a lot of pediatric dentists out there there's a lot of ents out there not many of them are like specialized in this particular procedure or have a greater understanding on on what it looks like and what you need to do and what the next steps are. So I've seen a lot of kids get better and I've seen a lot of kids' speech sounds improve after release with the appropriate therapies, speech therapy, myofunctional therapy, et cetera. So even if you think it has to do with COVID, you might as well come in and get checked. I say, it's why not? It's not gonna hurt, right? Yeah, and you know, a lot of these moms become doctor moms. Sure. So it's really cool. I see them see them every day. I call them doctor moms because they know a lot more than their practitioners that they've been seeing. So as a mom, you know, I'm a mom, I will do whatever it takes to know what to to help my child. And even if you have I had a, I actually had a patient 
sorry to pivot, last week that blew me away. This woman is in, gosh, where is she? Egypt, I think. And she is an accountant, okay? She went and she noticed that her son and her daughter had these issues, speech issues, wasn't progressing with therapy, etc. She literally went and begged a myofunctional therapy team and course director to become a myofunctional therapist so she could help her child because there was nobody in Egypt to help her child. Mm -hmm. So she literally learned how to do myofunctional therapy for her children and is planning to come here for her releases for her children. And that's that these are this is what a mom does a lot of moms do they go in they learn what's wrong with their child they'll do whatever it takes if there's no resources they'll create the resources but a lot of times we we need to trust our intuition and when we're when our doctors or a doctor is not necessarily giving light to the issue that your child is having it's really hard to trust your intuition for a lot of moms so Sometimes things progress until the children get older. You mentioned pre-show somebody's coming in from Hawaii, Minnesota, London, all, you know, all over the world, yeah. all over the country. Is it because there aren't those doctors around their area, or you guys are so trustworthy, or you've got you've got such a great name here? Like, what what brings them here? I mean, that's a tr- that's a trip so, from London. Yeah, so our medical. I mean, LA is also really nice, but yeah. <laughs> our, our medical. excuse to come. No, no I'm yeah. kidding. But our medical director, Dr. Struzagi, has tra- done training and courses for other dentists and doctors and uh, and hygienists and SLPs and OTs and physical therapists that are learning this all over the world. So there are providers that have been trained by us that are very trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he's he's also created the functional frenuloplasty protocol of how to do my of what techniques how to do myofunctional therapy and also he he worked with a team of collaborative providers on doing something called the tongue range of motion ratio where we had to assess a phrenectomy which is what we did today mm-hmm. like how to assess uh how to assess for a phrenectomy or how to assess a person for a restriction a lingual restriction of their tongue um so yeah so that's how a lot of mm. people find him Wow. You are probably evaluating everybody on the street. <laughs> airplanes specifically are like the why, number one. Why <laughs> no, airplanes? I'm Because a lot of people fall asleep on the airplane. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's good. And you can see the snoring and the mouth breathing from miles away. <laughs> Is that, you just cringe when you see that? I just want to. You just I drop just a wanna, card? I just want to say like, hi, can I help just you? Just drop a card. Or can we help you? It's, it's. Yeah. Have you ever? No, I have not. I mean, you're not doing it monetarily. You're doing it because you really deep down want to help. I had I had done this one time. I will tell you, I did this one time. I went to Puerto Vallarta with my son and my husband, and there was this guy who every time I had seen him outside on near the beach, he was always snoring on, and he looked so tired. So I turned him and I said is this normally how you sleep do you always snore and i told his wife this because she seemed really friendly she's like yes and i just looked at her and i said listen my husband's right here he doesn't want to say anything but he's a really great sleep <laughs> sleep yeah. doctor ent sleep surgeon etc i'm like please if you ever in la let us help you and he's like we're from la i'm like perfect so <laughs> I think it took him a little bit of time, but um, my husband uh, called me from like their appointment. He's like, look who's here. And I looked and we FaceTime. I'm like, I'm so happy you're here. And, you know, I think they did a sleep study and they're getting him treated. And it's a great thing. So I've done it one time. <laughs> I mean, but but you're probably breaking everybody down, right? 
friends, neighbors, kids, dogs, cats. Yes. Like everybody's got dogs breathing issues. Too, I, I, that's true. Right? I, I, not everybody has breathing issues, but some people do and those people stick out. What, what is that percentage? Is there ever a patient that walks in here and you're like, you're perfect. There's nothing we need to do to you. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's some, ki- some kids and I look at them and th- I hear their history and I'm like, hmm, could it be this? And then it's not. And, you know, children and adults and everybody, it's like they're beautifully unpredictable. That's why I'm, you know, medicine and dentistry is so fun. It's like a puzzle. And we just have to find the right pieces to put things back together. But more times than not, somebody has something that you need to work on? If they're coming to me, I would say mostly usually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what are these symptoms that uh, parents should look out for? Like, are there specific symptoms for parents to look out for for kids? Yeah, mouth breathing, consistent drooling, regardless of like where they are in their teething symptom, like in their teething stages. If it's situational, great. If it's consistent and constant, there's something that we need to we need to dig deeper. Small jaws. When you look at their teeth, the baby teeth, and they smile, and there's no spaces between the teeth. That means there might be something deeper that we have to look at. If you can look at the back of the throat and you see enlarged tonsils, those are things that we have to look for constant wakings, bedwettings of age appropriate age when you're looking at times where they shouldn't be bedwetting anymore and they're still bedwetting, that's a sign of sleep disorder, sleep apnea, sleep disorder breathing too. Yeah, these are all different symptoms that you might might notice. I'd say mouth breathing for sure, noisy breathing, snoring, like please come get evaluated. More times than not when people have breathing issues, they'll get their noses taken and get nose jobs because they think that that's going to ultimately fix their breathing passages. Is that the right thing to do? I think sometimes people have deviated septums and large turbinates and it could be really helpful. I just think a thorough evaluation is important. So assessing as to why, like, is there a particular reason that septum is deviated? Do they have sinus issues, something you were talking about earlier? Do they have low tongue posture, low tongue tone? Is their palate or jaw narrow? What's going on? And we need to evaluate them more in detail. So it's, if you can work with a provider that can also assess those things, I think that's ideal. Yeah. How many marriages do you think you've saved? <laughs> me, no, probably me, not so many, but my husband, probably quite a few. <laughs> like th- probably thousands. I hope he has. <laughs> I mean, think about a husband or wife snoring. I tell my fiance, there. I don't know how I would do this. and I don't know how she would do that. I don't know how anybody does it. It's hard. When somebody snores next to you, I just don't. I Sleep to me is vital. Uh-huh. Like it's one of the most important things I think we need. Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting your sleep because somebody, you know, your partner next to you is is snoring, that's got to be the most frustrating thing. Listen, when I would spend time with my buddies and, you know, on the weekend somewhere and we're rooming back in the day and they're snoring and I can't sleep, it would drive me crazy. I couldn't (laughs) sleep, right? (laughs) So there's got to be folks who are snoring and I'm sure you see them and I'm assuming they get treated. Yeah, they do. And they no longer would snore? That's the goal. Yes. Wow. There's so many different types of procedures that are needed. And how many treatments would they need? Needed. Like how many times do they have to come here to when you think they're like 100% fixed and no no snore? It really varies based on what the problem is. Because it could be a nose issue, a sinus issue, a throat issue, soft palate issue, tongue issue, tone issue. There could be so many different issues that could be the root cause of the problem or multiple problems <laughs> could, be, could be the source of the, the snoring. Average visit 
for a patient? Like in an in average, a, like uh, like two, three times, four times. I don't know. They come in. I can't. I can't tell you the average. Yeah. I wish I did know. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah, man, I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm getting a true evaluation by your husband. <laughs> Please do. I am. I am. I really am. Bring the team. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> what else? Anything else? I, Get a nerve with me on that one. My wife made me go get a go to the doctor because I have bad, bad snoring, and I keep her up. They gave me a sleep apnea machine. Oh no! Solve the snoring problem. Wait, can I, you take? It, so it, that's a really important topic. I um, it's not ideal for many people to be on a sleep apnea machine for the rest of their lives. I don't think anybody wants to be on a CPAP forever. And can I can I chime in on that? Yeah. I feel like. Uh, I get earaches now. Mm-hmm. I'm more prone to earaches. I googled the symptoms, and it seems to be prone. Uh, it, it's a it's a it, it's a derivative of using the sleep apnea machine. The air air blowing into your your sinuses. Yeah. So a lot of so that's a really great interim treatment for a lot of patients using a CPAP device um, until we can treat the root cause of the problem. Meanwhile, if we can treat the root cause of the problem, that'll get you hopefully off of a CPAP. So I hope we get to see you in the office. <laughs> Bring the whole fam. Yeah. I think you should make a day out of it. Seriously. There's a park nearby. The only thing I wanted to add is like the growing problem. A lot of kids that aren't growing. I've been seeing this so often because growth hormone gets released during sleep and a lot of people, kids have just like restless sleep. So I see kids like that. They're about to administer growth hormone and like start like it's really rigorous. Sleep is process. so vital. I mean, for us, yeah. imagine for kids who their brains are still trying to develop and they're not getting the proper rest. Yeah. That's huge, right? Crazy. That's huge. It's really wild. Yeah. It's huge. By, by the way, do you know the average sleep for a child? It depends on their age. Okay. Yeah. From like a newborn to six months? like It, it ranges. It ranges like newborn sometimes, you know, for like 14 to 16 hours of sleep sometimes. Yeah. And then it, as children get older, it decreases. Okay. If you if you have a kid that you've seen that isn't getting a lot of rest and it has to do with the tongue tie, like are there then improvements after Oh that? yeah. Kids get so much better. They get tongue releases, sometimes some jaw expansion, uh, et cetera, and then they start nasal breathing and they stop snoring, they stop having restless bre- sleep and growth hormone starts getting released, they start growing more. Like I remember one pa- child I saw between the age of three and five, she barely grew. I think she grew like an inch and a half. And then right after five, she, when we did, when Dr. Zaghi did like the procedures and we worked on palatal expansion, et cetera, she grew so much in that year. Mm. It was like she became a whole new human. I would have a chance to grow too or? Why not? Yeah. We just have to water you a little bit. <laughs> put, some, put some soil, put some soil in. Little sunshine too. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else you want to touch on? We'll, we'll put all the good questions. We'll put all the links in the show notes and all that stuff, so people know where to find you guys. Yeah, you take cool. care of the children who are three and under. So I see all kids, like zero to seventeen, for sleep and breathing issues, and tongue tie and etc. Um, in terms of treatment, I love treating the little ones zero mm-hmm. to two for tongue ties and then for releases. I usually refer to Doctor Surushagi for two and a half and up or three and up and if patients are out of town and they can't come to him or us i'll find i usually try to help them out by finding somebody that can 
Cool. So if you want to learn more about how to help your child or yourself with sleep and breathing mm. and potentially tongue tie issues, what you can do is follow at the Breathe Institute or you can follow me at Dr. Nora Zaghi and we would love to see you on social. A little different for me, right? Remote show. I'm, I'm used to doing Zoom. I'm used to doing phone episodes and it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But it just keeps me thinking about what the shows kind of turn into. It's more of like health and wellness, which I absolutely love. Absolutely love. And there's hacks and tricks on life that we don't do because sometimes we think we're being a prima donna about it. And a lot of the times we're not open-minded about it. You're worried about somebody making fun of you. You know, that's just stupid because it's your life. You get to live it and you do whatever you can to be a better human, right? Like, so I just kind of shake my head with people like that. I I don't, uh, I don't know, man. We're all different. We all get to live our own lives. So I I say we keep it that way and don't, um, don't tend on living others or giving opinions to others uh, that, that want to enhance their life so talking about that i've got guests that are coming up that are going to give us those hacks on life and edges you know i like i like calling them edges and hacks because like i mentioned the episode you know breathe breathing's pretty important i think we should learn how to properly breathe sleeping is important because it rejuvenates us and we're better the next day because of it and we're better people not only for ourselves, but those around us. So why not take care of yourself? Uh, do you want to be a better person? And eating is, is huge. Eating, drinking, you, 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 you got to hydrate yourself. You got to eat well. You can't keep sticking poison in your body. So that's it for me. Um, man, this is fun. I, I, I'm looking forward to the, the, the next three or four episodes that are coming as well because it's kind of in the same realm of stuff and the most interesting people and it's 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 so much fun so that's it for me i am i gabriel this is mic'd up pot thank you so much for making me a part of your day until next time folks no wasted days let's go 